You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. What's good, Finn Nation? We welcome you back as we dive Finn too deep. As always, I'm we're your hosts. I'm Reason, joined by Neil Driscoll. Um, Neil, since the last time we talked, to everyone they've beaten the Bucks. They've beaten the. They lost to the Raiders um, because well, basically the difference at the end of the day was that Teddy Bridgewater safety, and I mean even if you count Sanders' miss, um, it's been you know to had that tumultuous week of practice. Skyler Thompson keeps getting better and better and looking better and better every time he hits the field. Um, it's been a, a wild few weeks in Dolphin Land. Um, how you feeling, brother? How you know we we're getting we're getting closer to the season. And honestly, I just want the preseason to be over with so we can just get to it because it's getting you know it's it's it was already bad enough when we were having to if if Tua missed a throw we we had to see that it was viewed six million times and everyone was talking about it. But now, you know, we just can't even enjoy the preseason and, and seeing a rookie like Skylar Thompson develop in our eyes, automatically it's got to turn into, again, this this divisiveness over the, the quarterback position amongst our fan base. I mean, we can't even enjoy preseason anymore with, with, with this situation, Neil. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny, man. I, I remember a time, you know, when I used to go out every Sunday, uh, you know, random bars here in Baltimore because, uh, you know, I had the ticket, but I liked going out and, you know, meet new Dolphin fans, and as soon as you saw someone wearing a Dolphin jersey, you know, they were like, you know, hey, you know, let, let's drink some beers, let's watch the Dolphins together. And then, you know, you ended up connecting with them and going every Sunday together and watching the games. And it was one of my favorite th- things about being like an out-of-state Dolphins fan was to meet new people. And, you know, you didn't always agree with people, right? And, you know, that that's great. But, I, I mean, the – you know what we have to see on a daily basis uh, on Twitter. I, I, I just that's why I took a sixty day hiatus. Um, that's why I'm not going to be on during the games this season. Um, you know, maybe you and I will do you know some you know halftime uh, you know Twitter spaces and stuff like that to connect with you know with people that want to talk football and and not you know try to rip everyone apart. And you know I, I just feel awful for you know you know. In, in the current scenario to a tongue of Aloha, but if it's not him, it's whoever's next, you know, it, it's this bar that we've set of perfection and, you know, everyone is getting compa- um, compared automatically to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those guys are so great. Cause there's not that many of them, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I don't know what ever happened to cheering for your team. You know, it's okay to be critical, but the goalposts can't always move to fit your narrative. And I think we see a lot of that. Like, the truth is, we haven't seen anything good, bad, or in the middle from anyone practically this preseason because none of it matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, all I care about is that injury report the next day that comes out, who's on that and who's not on that. That's the only thing I really care about the preseason because, you know, I, you don't win anything in the preseason and i and i just think it's it sucks how divided our fan base has come you know i I, i've glanced today and just seen like practically a war about every step look read throw that to a throw and i'm just like did you guys not cheer for jay fiedler did you not cheer for damon heward was it okay when ryan Tannehill could never get this team into the playoffs like all those things but now the goalposts are so much different um I, I, it's going to be a long season. I mean, football as a fan has just changed because of social media. But, you know, I'm not going to harp on that because there's a lot of people that enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited for the regular season. Still am. Um, and, and I think there are some good stories coming out of this camp. Um, you know, and Skylar Thompson being one of them. Uh, you know, I think we've seen enough from him in the first two preseason games to know that at this point, 
he's not a guy we want to put on the practice squad because he's going to get taken. Um, so it brings up an interesting point. You know, uh, what what do the Dolphins do? Do they carry three quarterbacks? Do they commit to Skylar Thompson and, you know, say adios to Teddy Bridgewater by releasing them, trade them, or whatever that is? It's, it's going to be an interesting story that will play out over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, overall, reason I'm excited, um, there's some concerns um, for sure that we both probably have t- we've talked about in nauseam before we hopped on here, um, you know, and, you know, my biggest concern is the offensive line. Still, I, you know, we need to go get a veteran. We need to go get a guy that can start, um, whether it's replacing Eichenberg. Um, I, I think that's the move. I think we need to find a way to improve left guard. Um, and if that's getting a center that allows us to kick Connor Williams, the left guard, so be it. But yeah, I don't think it's you know, I was told by someone connected to the team last week that um you know when they made the decision to move Connor Williams, they also made the decision that they weren't gonna bring in to compete um for starting minutes at center position. That yeah. he's gonna be the guy. So hey, if they want to go, I you know, you might have I'm gonna tell you this right now from what I've seen early on. I think Saul McKinley's a better answer at left yep. guard right now than Liam Meikenberg. I mean, against the buck and against the Bucks, he had some pancakes and he was pulling decently. So, and then you look at it, he had a decent game this this week again. So, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you don't got. I've been the one leading the train that Eikenberg ain't going to be the answer at left guard. You yep. know, you see the anchor issues from the get go. Um, you know, Jackson's been more salvageable at right tackle than this guy's been. I mean. Look at a couple of those big Chase Edmonds runs early on. We're to the right side with Hunt and Austin Jackson. You know what I mean? So um, there's more po- – you see more positive out of him. Now, in terms of the whole Teddy B thing, I mean, I've been – again, I've been talking about this Teddy B. Skyler narrative for quite some time now on Finside the NFL. And then when we did our show, you know, last time, I mean, I, I brought the question to my – subscriber audience on Finside the NFL to this audience and to you. What do you do with Teddy and Skylar? You know, I've, I've said, I mean, I've been saying that this guy's coming for that quarterback two spot. You know, whenever, when we, all the two haters, you know, the same ones who are anointing Skylar, the QB one, QB one right now, who got mad when people were anointing two as a franchise quarterback, to, you know, too early for their liking. The irony doesn't get past me. Either does the hypocrisy. And you see how this is all unfolding with, with Skyler right now. Man, I love the guy coming out of Kansas State. I watch every quarterback coming out of the cl- out of every class. I always watch them all. And, you know, he just needed to improve on the intermediate and deep level with his touch, his accuracy, um, and his ball placement. And it looks like he's put work in now, just like against the, the Bucks with uh, some Bowden throws there. You know, he has made some throws that have left yards on the field right um every quarterback does that but i mean there's stuff you've noticed because they were on the intermediate and deep level and again it goes back to the accuracy touch placement thing i have with him coming out of kansas and then you know you look at again you know that eric is a is a comma catch that first that one-handed catch bro you know and again i like skyler i think skyler and two i like both guys potential in this offense but let's call a spade a spade if Tua made that throw it was wobbly. It was underthrown. And Eric Izakama had to do a fantastic adjustment to make that catch against the Raiders. If Tua would have made that throw, we'd be hearing about it for the next freaking two weeks. About, you know, and, and I actually, I'm not even lying. People were trying to tell me that that was perfect ball placement. I'm like, are you crazy with me right now? You know, people are actually, see, the, those are excuses. You know what I mean? These people that are like, oh, you're making excuses for Tua, they're making excuses for Skyler throws now already. Again, the irony. Hypocrisy is not lost on me. And again, this coming from a guy who, when we drafted Skyler and we finished our draft and we got our UDFA class on Finside the NFL, I did a grade show and I gave the Skyler Thompson, I gave it a good grade and I liked the kid. You know what I mean? So this is coming from a guy who likes what he's seen from Skyler Thompson. But, you know, let's all pump the brakes here because the Bucks. Sure, we beat them. He had threw for 218 yards. That's fantastic stuff. But again, they benched. You know, everyone was amazed by the list of guys we didn't play. And then you look at the list of guys they didn't play, and they basically benched 
all their first and second stringers on defense. So he was against threes and fours. You look at him coming in against the Raiders. Fourth quarter, the Raiders' offense was on Gabber, Garbers, their, their fourth quarterback. So who knows what string they're on with the Raiders. Third, fourth, it makes a ton of sense there. Again, he had two big boy throws on that second drive when we were actually – was also, ironically, the best drive that we've had running the football – um, on that Zachondre White touchdown pass, that was the best drive I've seen in eight quarters of this preseason that we were running the football. And again, was that because we were against threes and fours and we were running football? I don't know. But anyways, you know, the context of this whole situation, it's like, you know, and then people say, well, show me, you know, tell me what 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 what, what two has done that, 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 that shows he should be the QB1 over Skyler. Well, everything two has done has been against one. Let me well, see Skyler make these throws against ones. But again, I go back to this. Skyler's development and what we've seen from him so far is far more worth the investment than one year of Teddy Bridgewater, who, from what I understand, is dealing with an ailing back right now. That's why he missed joint practices against the Bucks. That's why he didn't dress, he didn't play against the Bucks. He's dealing with some back stiffness and some back issues. And when back issues start for a quarterback this early – Move off of it if you can, okay? Like, if you can go get a fifth-round draft pick for Teddy Bridgewater because someone's quarterback goes down, you make the deal. Because here's the thing. Even if Skyler doesn't become quarterback one, you could get him in there and you could Jimmy G or Jacoby Brissett him where he gets some limited action because whoever your starter is, whether it's Stewart or someone else, uh, you know, they miss some games. He comes in, catches defenses off guard, puts up some good numbers. All of a sudden, he's getting, you know, Matt Flynn hype or – you know, Jimmy G hype or Jacoby Brissett hype as one of the best backups in football or Matt Schaub hype. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's always good to, you can never have enough good quarterbacks with value. I mean, if you can turn Bridgewater into fifth right now and Skyler into a third or a fourth down the line, I mean, that's, that's just smart, good business. And if, you know, if Skyler takes the reins and, you know, Tua, you know, you don't want to see a second, a second contract with them and Skyler's sitting there. That's cool. But you know, Skyler's also 25. So you're, you know, you're going to get into a, in the next two years, it's now or never with Skyler because he's already 25. Right. So, I mean, everyone just needs to pump the brakes, enjoy what's happening with him. Enjoy what you enjoy the development you're seeing with Skyler. You're seeing a guy who's putting in work, coming from Kansas State, working on the stuff he needed to work on and making improvements. Enjoy it. There's no need to anoint and start crowning people when it's not going to happen. It would literally take – they got to move Teddy to bump him up to QB2 because I don't think we're carrying three because there is talk that they might carry a second fullback, and I know they want to carry an extra linebacker. So because of the fullback situation, this math is going to be really wonky on this on this depth chart, and I don't see three quarterbacks coming out of it. They're already trimming, you know, there's already talk about how many receivers we're going to carry. I don't know if they're going to, you know, carry three They're going to have to carry right? six receivers. They're going to have to carry six. Exactly. So if they want to carry six receivers, if they want to carry three running backs, if they want to carry two fullbacks, you know, we don't even got to get into the offensive line. I'm telling you, they ain't carrying three quarterbacks with those Look, numbers, right? So you had a lot of good points there, man. And I think, you know, with the Bridgewater thing, like, right, like, I'm with you. I, I think that you know what you have with Teddy. Um, yeah, if, you know his ceiling, bro. Like this guy, right. Skyler's trajectory is only upwards from here. He has shown you he's worth the investment. Listen, what was I telling people on Inside the NFL before we even had the joint practices with the Bucks? What was I telling everyone? I was saying, this guy's not going to make it to the practice squad. See, everything everyone's saying right now, I've been saying for weeks. When when people were being facetious, the two haters were like, oh, when we drafted him, oh, he's going to take to his job. You know, and these guys, and I know these guys hadn't even watched Skylar Thompson film because they don't know where to find the All-22. They only know where to find highlight packages, and I can make any college player look good in a four-minute highlight package. I digress, though. You look at this. What did I say when we drafted Skylar, Neil? I said, Teddy's the one that needs to be worried right now. And I was half joking, half serious. And it looks like the serious aspect is taking over. Teddy, there's too much politics involved. See, that's what you can tell people who really understand the game and don't. There's too many politics involved right now with this Tua thing. Even if he's showing he's better than Tua in camp and they're walking away saying, well, this is a guy, I'm guaranteeing you they're still going to give Tua four to eight games. 
Well, you know, reason you know who does understand football? Dan Orlowski, Brian Baldinger. Yeah, right? he's, and they're breaking it down, and they're seeing the good. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, I actually had people arguing this, Neil. Neil and I, I, we haven't talked about this, so I want to get your opinion on this. Because I live react to everything on Finside the NFL, right? So, you know, if we're going to do spaces, we'll do them pregame or postgame because, you know, during halftime, I'm, I'm up on, on screen or whatever. But there were – I can think of two instances, and I haven't even – chopped up the all 22 yet i'm actually going to be doing it after we record this episode you saw to his head consistently it wasn't even just on a swivel it was snapping to his progressions you saw his head snapping and people were trying to tell me oh there's only one throw i can remember that i think he predetermined and that was that chase not the chase edmonds gain for 14 but that Chase Edmonds game where he made someone miss, you remember that one? Right. The third down conversion? Yeah. He had a couple guys he could have made. He had a couple reads that were there for bigger, bigger games. But other than that, everything else, he was snapping through his progressions, liking what he was seeing. You know what I mean? And, you know, and the other thing too is the play calling, Neil. The play calling changed in the second, you know, in the first, in the second half. In the first half with Tua and Teddy. It was much more conservative than the second half when it was Teddy and Skyler. They, they they got aggressive because not only were they down, but you know they wanted to test what they could do. You know, so and that's what you want to do with a third string quarterback. I want to put Skyler out there and test his limits. You don't want to say, "Hey, go out there and hand the ball off and be conservative." Right. Well, you know, it's the preseason. We get our first taste of football, so everyone starts salivating, and, and they treat the preseason like it's and it's overreactions, and they act like it's you know the Super Bowl. The reality of it is, is that Mike McDaniel probably said, you know, Tua, go out there and break a sweat. You know, don't do anything crazy. Let's play the ball safe. Get it out quick. You know, I just want you to get, you know, comfortable with some live action. And, you know, go out there, get a series or two. That's it. Like, you know, that people want to jump to these conclusions. It, 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 it's really a crazy thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's, God, oh, man, if you spend your whole day just work. I, I just, man, wow. Um with that said, like good for Skyler. It's a good problem to have if he develops into our backup quarterback. But that doesn't mean that Tua's job's threatened at all. This season is on Tua Tungaloa's shoulders. Skyler Thompson is not coming in this year and being a starter quarterback. It's going to be Tua. Burn, win, lose, burn it to the ground, whatever it is, it's going to be with Tua. And I, I just it, it's not even a point of contention at this point. Um, but I I think I think you got to invest in the young player. But you know, you you mentioned a guy when, when we we're going through this. Eric Uzakama, and man, that dude looked like a man among boys. His physical nature as a wide receiver, I mean, the dude just doesn't go down after initial contact. He catches at the high point. He's strong at the catch point. I mean, dude, he has good nuances in his route running. I, I, I When we drafted him, Reason, I, I'm going to be honest. I was like, what the hell are we doing? We just got Tyreek Hill. We went out there and got Cedric Wilson. We have Jalen Waddle. Like, why do we need another receiver? Can I say this, bro? I, I got to add this. Okay, because I don't know. Have you been paying attention to Bill's training camp? No. Okay, so I'll add some context to it. I just looked it up recently. You know how every day, you know how um, during the draft I've done the last couple of years where every day I update guys I like the Dolphins to take on that day? Yep. Well, on day three, I only had three receivers I liked for us to take. Two of the three were Khalil Shakir and, and Eric is, is a comma. Okay, you can find the tweet. The receipt's there, bro. Okay, before day three started, I said I want Eric as a comma, um, Khalil Shakir, and I forget who the third was, but I looked it up yesterday, bro. Uh, I don't know if you've heard Khalil Shakir apparently has locked in wide receiver two uh, in Buffalo over Gabriel Davis. Yeah, bro, he's been bowling with Josh Allen, and there's bro sleeper dynasty pick, sleeper, sleeper. Um, rookie of the year candidate, Khalil Shakir, bro. And I know people don't want to hear because it's a Buffalo Bill, but I, I'm telling you, the kid was oh, the real deal. And he's got a guy throwing the ball that can sling it. And, right. you know, and Eric is a comma. Man, if he gets targeted, I think he's got – yo, seven, Eric is a comma. You know, see, again, look at the – Eric is a comma puts up a 105-plus yard performance. Are we sitting here saying he's coming for Waddle spot? No. No, but, but I, I do he's think coming Cedric, for Cedric's. He's coming I better for Cedric Wilson better have his head on a swivel because but I, I, I got to say this, bro. Remember against the Bucks, Cedric had a lot of nice plays against the Bucks. Oh, too, I, right? I, I think so. Cedric Wilson's going to be great in this offense. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just going to say Wes Welker must have went 
you know, he's the receiver coach, obviously went to Texas Tech. You know, he probably went to Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel was like, dude, you guys got to take this guy. And like what I saw yesterday, I mean, like he was single-handedly carrying. I know that Tyler was getting him the ball, but he was single-handedly, I I mean, just really carrying this offense. And some of the catches, I mean, I just love how he doesn't go down. I mean, I was really, really impressed with him. I I, I really was. I, you know, I, I think he's a lock, obviously, and there's going to be six receivers we keep. And it looks like Lynn Bowden's going to take that kick return job. So, you know, I think we're starting to see, man, this team's a talented group. I, I think if you're teams like the Bears and the Ravens that are looking to fill your receiver room, you're paying attention to the Dolphins. You're pay, paying attention to River Crawcraft and, you know, Braylon Sanders and guys that could potentially get released because I'm telling you, man, we have a loaded group of receivers and that's going to be a good problem to have through the course of this season. I mean, we went from Jalen Waddle and a bunch of guys that, you know, aren't going to do anything in, in the NFL anymore. You know, Isaiah Ford's of the world. And, you know, we've completely reshaped this unit. And that's going to be the story of the season. This offense, it, it's it's not going to look the same in a preseason game if Hill and Waddle aren't out there. You know what I mean? You're yeah. talking about two Ferraris. You're talking about Jalen Waddle, who Mike McDaniel anointed as his most impressive player of the offseason, a guy who I think is going to be every bit the player of Tyreek Hill. So, I mean – it's going to be fun, man. But yeah, it was a comma looked awesome. I mean, that was, you know, my takeaways and, and another takeaway talking exactly what we're talking about with Skylar Thompson, right. And Teddy Bridgewater, I think Zaquanji white has to make this team. And even if that means that we have to sacrifice Sonny Michelle, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I feel good with chase Edmonds and Mostert being the one and two on this team. I like Zaquanji White. He's another guy, man. I don't know if you could get away with putting him on your practice squad. I know you could carry four running backs. I, th- th- it seems like the coaching staff really likes Salvin Ackman. Again, it's the it's because of the dude. What you know and what throws wrenches in that. It would be so easy if we didn't have this fullback position. But you know why I've heard they want to run potentially with two. Look at what Al Gingle's coming off of. Yeah, and, I, and I, another thing that people I've been told people privately to look at is the whole Lovett situation. Have you noticed Lovett has been injured and has not practiced since pads come on? Right. But they haven't cut him with like an injury designation or anything. And it's because I know the, the team and his teammates love him. And again, if something happens to Ingold, that's it's gonna be Ingold, it's gonna be Lovett or Stephen Carter, I think is gonna make this team as a fullback too. And you know, let's talk about this right now because the, the tight end room impacts this because guess what? You know, um, you look at Stephen Carter, he can play tight end, H-back, wing-back, or fullback. Um, Mike Kosecki, my friend, he whiffed on that block um, where Bridgewater took the safety. Now, I still think, and I don't know whether you'll agree with me or not, Bridgewater, whether even if you took – now, you know, I was taught try to find, the, you know, the closest receiver's feet and throw to them. You know what I mean? Um, if you're in that situation, if you can – um, but I mean, yeah, even to take that intentional grounding, not in the end zone, you know, I think he should have got rid of the ball after that first guy missed. Cause remember the second one is who forced him to throw it away, but that first guy missed on that safety. But anyways, um, Gesicki whiffs on the block, uh, Tua hits him between the eights on that first drive. Uh, he didn't have his head snapped back, but he also didn't look like he wanted to any much of the contact yeah, and reason, i'm sorry to cut you off but can i yeah. can i just say something go ahead, go ahead, I, I don't care what anyone says on twitter yeah uh, dude you catch the fucking oh uh, sorry you catch the ball if it hits you in the 88 i i mean yeah. i just i played yeah. receiver I, I i you know my coaches would make me freaking do push-ups or run with a trash banger on my head till i threw up if i dropped the pass that hit me in the numbers well, like can that. i say this neil i mean it's it's, it's asinine that there's people saying that that shouldn't be I, I agree i agree i agree 110 percent because tua in double coverage made the made a good throw all right but people don't want to tell me and people tell you that he's a top 10 tight end in football and yeah. i was one of those people top 10 go. I, what have I always said, Neil? Tell the people yeah, what have I always said. No, you, you've, been, up, bro. <laughs> you've been critical. Yo, okay. So check it. Let me add this. Add to this. Okay. And then he makes that catch. Was it off? It was off Teddy, right? Where he made that catch and the ball the got knocked out. The, the six- ball got knocked out. Yes. Him? Okay. You know, listen. And people were like, you know, he laid the lumber in a good spot. And I agree. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, this is what I said. If you're not going to block. Right. And you're not going to be a good blocker. And you're going to whiff on a, sa- on a safety. 
when the ball is thrown your way and you're the one-dimensional guy who's known for catching the football, you better catch the goddamn football or you better catch the goddamn football and hold on to it, bro. If right. that's the only thing you can do, you better do it when you're asked to do it if you can't block, okay? That's my whole thing, bro. You know, people, you're making excuses for Tua when we add context to the situation. People who are are – are, are are saying whatever they're saying for the for him missing that bro i had literally someone tried to say to me oh whatever he whipped on the block you know he didn't want to commit it was a meaningless game i said bro this guy's if you don't want to catch yeah. the football and take contact in a meaningless game that's one thing but i said now you're using the blocks i said in an offense that's predicated on tight ends need to block i said so tell me why Durham smite gives 110 percent in his blocking, whether it's the preseason or the regular season, I'm not asking you to go over the middle of the field with a safety bearing down and a and a defender and you got to jump up for it and a defender's coming low and you're about to get can open. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to block, bro. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll go on a minute or two rant. An here. 11 million meal, right? Stop well, right now. Well, here I'm going to go on a minute or two rant. I, it, it, it's not about this preseason game to me with Mike Kosicki. It's about what happened starting at halftime of the Baltimore Ravens game last year, which was halfway through the season when this team went on its run. I, at first I thought it was a, is a disconnect between him and Brian Flores, which, you know, Hey, I gave that excuse or context, whatever we want to call that. Cause you know, I'm with you it's context, but you know, obviously he didn't support Tua. I've seen a huge drastic change since that's happened. So I was going to give Mike Kosicki the similar benefit of the doubt, right? He was AWOL in the second half of the season when we made that run. He had two touchdown catches last year. This is a guy who people are anointing as a top 10, me included. So I'm with you guys. I did it as well. My frustration is at a disappointment here. Um, he'll never be able to block. He might be the worst single blocking tight end in football. I, I, I truly believe that. If he can't catch the ball in the vertical passing game, he has no value to this offense. It's ironic. Right around when he blocked me in that halftime, that ball, right after that Ravens game, Mike Kosicki has never been the same here. And I'm not attributing that was kind of a half joke. So don't get there and roast me on Twitter. I'm just saying that I don't see Mike Kosicki being part of this team's plan much longer. And at a $10.9 million in cap savings, if they trade him, because people were arguing with me about this today, if they trade him, that 10.9 comes off the book in full with no penalty and goes to the team acquiring him. That's fact. It's not a guess. I know it for sure. You go out there and you trade them and you get a second round pick. Probably you aim at a team like the green Bay Packers. So it's going to be a late second, but that's what you get for a guy who who's never really, you know, turned the corner. I just got to explain to you though. The reason why you're, I'm going to tell everyone the reason why I'm assuming the reason why you're saying a second round pick is because we are pigeonholed in a position where if we're going to trade him, we need to get a player or a pick of higher value than a third round pick because that's going to be the compensatory right. pick. Okay? You're a hundred percent on. Yeah. And, and I, and I think honestly, that's his value because if he went to a green Bay or a team where he wouldn't have to be asked to block in, in, in the offensive scheme, right? He could kind of just play the slot. He probably eat. He's a good pass catcher sometimes. And you know, maybe if he he's screwed up, I, I just think that, for whatever reason, it's not working. He's not going to block. Durham Smythe's clearly the better player at this point. Unfortunately, I wish we've seen a little bit more than from Hunter Long. We haven't, which I, I, I mean, I remember Scott Pioli vividly saying that he thought the Dolphins just got a next Pro Bowl tight end. I, I hope that the light switch turns on and we see that because I think it's really important. But with that said, I, I, you don't try to fit, you know, the square peg in a round hole here. I think you make the move. And if it's a, not a draft pick, you look for a player. And if you could get him for a guy that that's going to help you fix uh, uh, the offensive line, or if you get that, if you can get a guy who's on a young contract who's going to give you good cornerback depth, who's a good nickel dime type player, I you know, maybe you don't even get the full value. I just don't see a scenario where he's going to be back on this team next year. So you have to maximize the value. And with that said, you know, kudos to Chris Greer. I, a lot of us wanted me included again. Gusecki to get that extension and he didn't and right now we'd be looking at ourselves in the mirror like wow another bad contract but we're not having to say that because we didn't and you know I, I think they franchise that tagged them seeing like what would we get 
in Mike McDaniel's offense. But, you know, when the second half kicked off, Mike Kosicki was still seeing the field. There's major questions there. Something is off. And I can't tell you exactly what it is, Reason, but there's something off with Mike Kosicki in Miami, and there has been for quite a while now. And I don't know. I think it might be too late in the game to fix it. So, man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think at this point the best move is to trade Mike Kosicki. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I don't, you know, another team I'd look for, I know they're in cap hell, but try to make it work because they've made other stuff work. Because I know they need weapons too. Bro, I'd call New Orleans and say, what are you doing with Eric McCoy or Cesar Ruiz there? That's what I posted on, on, that's what I literally posted on Twitter last night. I said, Mike Kosicki for Eric McCoy, who says no. And and honestly, man, back when we took Josh Rosen with that second round pick, that's who I yeah. wanted was Eric McCoy. Yeah. Um. I I don't know why. You know. I, I think that's a perfect trade. I mean, there you go, getting a player. I I mean, I know that we said we wouldn't bring in competition for Connor Williams, but if you go out and add a top five center in football, sorry, Connor, left guards where you're going to play. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. Connor, Connor Williams will be a okay with that. But I I I truly believe reason that at this point I don't see. You know how this is going to change. Um, Can I say something to you though? Because I know we like to draft everything. First of all, have you seen how my boy Abe Lucas is doing in Seattle? I'm, I'm not. I have not, but I'm sure he's doing well because he he's dominant, bro. Dominant. They have quietly. I mean, Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, Gabe Jackson. Uh, sorry. Yeah. What? Abe Lucas. Um, Damian Lewis. Remember the LSU guard that was yeah, in the center's what? Justin Britt. Yeah, and then got, guy. yeah, yeah, and then they got Justin Britt, Gabe Jackson, Charles Cross. They got a they put together quietly a nice little offensive line, man. Yeah, I I, I mean we got we have to add a, a a veteran to this team before the season. I it, Larnell Coleman cannot be out there starting He's at left terrible. back. I, he is awful. He has no anchor. He has. So I mean, they keep trying Keon Smith at right tackle, and he's just terrible, bro. Yeah, I mean, if, I, I will tell you this right now. And I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Dieter. Yeah, I mean, look, he's two point five million in cap savings. So is Ethan Carter. So is Miles Gaskin. A lot of these guys, man, they got to earn it or not. I, I'm with you, man. I, I think that I, I think people have to be realistic. Taron Armstead's career trajectory tells you he's going to miss games. Yeah, he's going to miss two or three games. I keep telling people, like, until he, he proves us otherwise, you have to go off of his history. Right, and if that happens, I mean, I, it's going to be Austin Jackson over there. I mean, we're just we need. No, to- at that point, you know what I would do, bro. And I know this is like. I just kick Connor to left tackle and put Dieter at center. Yeah, I mean, I I just think, but go get a veteran. Go get a guy. Go get Eric Fisher. I agree. Go get Eric Fisher. I like go get a guy who can come in here and start. And I, I mean, well, they had the options. Riley Reef was out there. Daryl Williams was out there. There were guys out there that they could have added and solidified. You know, you know what they'll probably do? They'll probably kick Kinley to guard and uh, Eichenberg to left tackle. Well, I posted this last night. I think the best offensive line you can get with this team right now is – and this is going to be left to right. I, I'm going to say it would probably be Taron Armstead. Sol, uh, no, no, I did not. I said Taron Armstead, Connor Williams, Michael Dieter, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Hunt. And honestly, I don't even love Michael Dieter. So now in retrospect, if I could do that all over again, I would do from left to right, I would do – Armstead, Austin Jackson, Connor Williams, Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt. I I I just think that's the best they can do. I I mean they I think they should have looked at Kevin Jenkins when he was out there, but he seems like he's settling himself yeah, in. Him in a guard. Yeah, and it seems like he's settling himself in. I mean, dude, we could talk about it all the time. The offensive line, it, it's going to be the Achilles heel of this team. See, I, I think you, whatever five you have to put together, best five, Connor Williams has to be a left guard. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, and the snaps are concerning to me, man. And I, yeah, I did you I, notice a lot of them were high to two yesterday? Eh? Did yeah, you and, and JC Treader ain't going to come here, man. That's my wish list, but it's not going to happen. He doesn't want to no. play in Miami. I, I, no. I know that. So, yeah, not coming there. Yeah, it sucks. Your best option would have been because apparently he's going to be healthy for the beginning of the season. You should have signed Matt Paradis and got him in the building. Is he signed? No, he's not signed. He and because he's he's rehabbing still, but he said he'll be good to go for week one, bro. He, the Denver Broncos were running an outside zone when Philip yeah, Lindsay like was him. having those years. Remember? Now I know he's thirty-two years old. I think I think he's thirty-two. 
stopgap him for one year. That's right. all you do, man. If if Matt Paradis can get you through the season at center and give you competence, all right, and that can shift Connor Williams, Connor Williams to left guard, which when when Teron's healthy, you're gonna have one of the best left sides of football. Hunt can continue his trajectory at right guard, and Jackson can 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 start to develop at right tackle. That come on, man, because all you gotta do is Matt Paradis can block in this scheme. All you got to do is get him in the building while he's rehabbing to learn everything needed to learn in this system while he's rehabbing to get the studying down. He can right. study and watch film while he's rehabbing. Like, come on, like that that's someone but I've been told they do not want to bring anyone in that will compete with starting minutes because they are locked in on Connor Williams. I don't know why, but they are, bro. They're going to die on this hill. I'm telling you right now. Well, I'm I, prepared. They're dying on this hill. We are seeing the first sign of stubbornness in the McDaniel regime, McDaniel era. Now it's just going to be up to the coaching whether it pays off or not. It's up to them. So listen, I trust them more than I trust any of us in this community. So sure. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I have my doubts, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt until my doubt is proven correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like until I'm proven to be correct on one thing, where I think I know, I think I I, I got it down pat, and it it counteracts what they're doing. Until I get proven right in that sense, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna fall in line with them and, and trust the process, man. So, well, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. And, and I think what you need to do is, you know, you, you gotta, you know. Whether the storm, but it's okay is- to voice your doubts. See, that's my issue, Neil. You voice your doubts and your concerns on a player or something, and all of a sudden you're negative. But like, no, like, look at I'm just being objective. Like, well, our I- job is to try and be as objective as possible and to take emotions and feelings out of it. Well, I, I think whatever whatever happens this off this season, you know, good, bad, ugly, the Dolphins have to add, whether it's the draft or free agency, a- another bona fide starter to this line and i think it's I, i'm hopeful on austin jackson um i'm not hopeful on eichenberg um you know if you had to ask me who my draft favorite <laughs> this early in the season is for where we are it's andrew Voorhees from so- southern cal um or Jarrett patterson the center from notre dame those are two dudes that i would love to have here patterson kind of, was eligible last year too wasn't he, he just yeah he's, a, he's an ass kicker man yeah. I, I think it just sucks losing that first round pick it's not sexy but we need we have enough sex we need some meat and potatoes we need to find a guy on the offensive line that we can nastiness stick. We need yeah nastiness. And, and if you if you get a bona fide say, say you get this guy andrew Voorhees. Voorhees is going to be a multiple time pro bowl left guard i i just I know it. So you got him, Armstead, Connor Williams, and Robert Hunt. You know, you could get okay, but you can't have two weak links. And and not even just the, you know, the strength of Eichenberg, but, man, his athleticism. I mean, there was the yeah, one reach cool. block that – I mean, he was so late to the reach block yesterday on this one video I saw that I was just like, dude, where's your where's your effort there, man? That's yeah. an effort play. It's not even yeah. a skill. Like, where's your effort? But let, you know, let's let's talk about one another guy that's an elephant in the room that cannot be on this team. Burnt toast. I mean, I, I like honestly, I'll say this: I think Noah Igbenogany is the worst first round pick that I've ever seen the Dolphins take. Bro, um, again, another player, another player. I've taken so much heat over the last two he sucks. seasons. He's all I've been telling all y'all. He ain't gonna be nothing. And we can, and here's the problem: we put out so much bad film of him. There isn't, even, there isn't even nothing left for the imagination for other teams to, to think that we'd be lucky if we got a bag of footballs to this guy right now. Right. Well, you know, we what we saw was Stefan Diggs to do him, you know, and, you know, we all – and look, and right – What I kept so, telling people, you go back, Stefan Diggs, never mind. The first red flag – everyone, oh, look what he did against LSU in Alabama. Well, why don't you put on the Gators from a Gators fan? Why don't you go put on the Gators tape of what Van Jefferson did to Noah Benogany – I mean, he literally drew four holding penalties because Noah Benogany could not keep up, whether it was a, a, a short or an intermediate route. He was just chewing, chewing Noah Benogany, man. And that was Van Jefferson, okay? So oh. I know everyone wanted to hitch their wagon to Devontae Smith saying, oh, he's one of the toughest I went against. But listen, you know, he got moved from wide receiver to cornerback because he had zero ball skills. You see it. He can't track well. He can't play the ball well. Like, 
you you see it's even that's no value. The corner. Yeah, bro. You can't play special teams. When we gave him returns last year, he was awful at that. Well, that's what I what, what what was I saying last year, Neil? Remember what I kept saying to everyone? Danny Crossman's telling you the story. Look at what did I say? I kept saying you got a second year player who you're trying to get on the field as much as you can when X and and Byron are healthy. And Danny Crossman saying, I don't want him on special teams. That needs to tell you everything you need to know about Noah Benogany. Right. And, and it's so funny because we were just talking about this. I, I think our 2021 draft class with Waddle, Phillips, and Javon Holland is what's going to make this team a force in the future. I think all three of them are just going to be, you know, frankly, top five players at their position. Well, I got to stick with Noah for a sec. Because you know what? I, I, now that I'm really going in here because I'm, I know I'm right on him now. Right. Um, you know, another red flag that I kept telling people that no one was paying attention to was everyone kept saying, oh, he's only played the position for a couple years. Oh, he's young. Oh, you know what I mean? And I kept telling people, listen, this guy had more tools and physical traits at his disposal than Nick Needham. But right. Nick Needham as a UDFA, look what he developed under into under Flores and Boyer. If Flores and Boyer were putting this guy in the doghouse and telling y'all basically by just watching his snap counts that this kid ain't it, that if there's one position we knew Flores could develop at, it was in the secondary. I mean, he moved Eric Rowe from corner to safety. You know what I mean? He developed Nick Needham. The one thing you can ne- area you can never knock him on is defense and specifically what he could do in the secondary, bro. And that should have been what Nick Needham, because what did we see? Nick Needham was a UDFA in a first year. And sure, there were times where he had where he had rough moments in his rookie year, like when Andrew Van Ginkle had that, that sack late in the season against the Jets, and then Needham gave up the uh, DPI, and then we ended up losing off a field goal because of the defensive. But that guy was taking number one responsibilities corner responsibilities, taking on every team's number one as a rookie. And now I don't care what anyone says. They've moved him in the slot, and he's one of the better slot guys in the NFL. And it's harder to work the slot when you got no, you got no sideline help, nothing. And this guy's continued to answer the call whenever they put something in front of him, bro. So that tells you, Needham's story right there should tell you, Noah Bedogni is just not it. A guy who was far more physically gifted and talented than Needham, but he don't have the upstairs in the mind like Needham does. And let's be honest, he don't have the dog that Glock 40 does. No, and, and I well, and my point with the 21-21 draft class was just like how you know, at least we rebounded well because missing on Austin Jackson. I mean, like, look, we traded Minka Fitzpatrick for Austin Jackson. Yeah, we're hoping that he becomes a serviceable right tackle. We know Minka Fitzpatrick's a great safety, right? Javon better though. Oh, he will be. I agree yeah. with that. But like you, you, you can utilize both of those strengths. And make was all on this team, that wouldn't mitigate the value of a Javon Holland. It would just, honestly, they would extend each other really well. But when we took Noeg Monogany, right, mm-hmm. T. Higgins was on the board. Yeah. Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor, who I think. Jonathan Taylor. I think, I'm going to go on record, Neil, doing it. I think Jonathan Taylor will win a league MVP before he's done. Wait, I mean, look at these names. Kyle Duggar, Xavier McKinney, Antoine Winfield Jr., oh. Trevon Diggs. I mean, the list, I mean. Dustin. Trevon Diggs, same position of the Diggs claw. Like, and here's the other thing. You know what baffled me too, bro? Because everyone knows who's listened to me since 2019 knows the three guys I wanted in that first round with our first three picks was Tua, Wirfs, and then I wanted uh, Jonathan Taylor. And if not Jonathan Taylor, I wanted Antoine Winfield Jr., I also thought Antoine Winfield Jr. would be a lock because, remember, Brian Flores has been on record numerous times saying that his father was his favorite player. Right. And you look at Junior, and Junior's much more dynamic than Senior ever was. Like, the guy could return kicks and stuff. Like, he was dynamic as hell. Well, the, the, the thing And he didn't sucks. take him, bro. I was like, what? Well, the thing that sucks is that what you just outlined that you wanted, because I think, yeah. you know, I, I had a similar – desire and we almost put you know it we almost pulled off the worst trade right right well i was just gonna say and then jonathan taylor went what 12 picks after noah igmanogany so it's like you could have made it happen and, and i don't know if everyone remembers this on draft day but you should know have we taken were, ruiz at 18 and then you should have taken taylor at 26 winfield or trevon Diggs. 
Well, if you remember on draft day, we all know the p- the picks leak before the Dolphins traded this pick yeah. to the Packers. It had leaked that the Dolphins were going to select DeAndre Swift. Uh, that's they turned the card in. You know, they were going to turn the card in. That was going to be the pick. Someone got it tipped. And then I guess the Packers called and said, we'll give you a fourth round. We want to move up for this pick. And they did. It kind of just sucks how it happened because, I mean, there's like, if you look at this team, because I, I still I think DeAndre Swift in this offense. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I, like, I love DeAndre Swift. And he would be great. I, I just think that when you look at this roster right now, X and Byron are your quarterbacks. Byron Byron is probably, look, he might play week one, but he's going to have to get eased. And he's gone it. next year. Yeah, so I, 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 I kind of agree, but. I don't know now because of honestly no not panning out and not paying Gasicki, they might be able to keep him. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, but bro, all, you know, like I think all of us would have even taken um, what's his face, um, uh, the LSU safety who couldn't tackle very well, but everything else was studly. The Browns Grant took Delpit. him. Grant Delpit was it? The Browns took him, right? I yeah, would have taken Delpit. Grant Delpit over Noah Benogany. And and it's funny, it's there, it's actually on record. I'm on YouTube for that draft night and I called the Noah pick before it happened. And the reason why I called it, bro, I said, I quote, they're going to take that kid from Auburn whose name we can't pronounce that plays corner. And you know why I knew because a couple weeks and this is before our, like I started getting plugged in and stuff like that. It was just putting two and two together. I had read a couple weeks before. Remember that draft. We really needed help at, at, at the zero tech. And that's why we took Raekwon, right? Right. And I remember when we went to the Auburn Pro Day, Neil, if everyone was keeping up and reading, we paid no attention to Derek Brown and we were all over knowing Benogany at the Pro Day. I don't know if you remember reading that. And 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 I just had a feeling I'm like, they're going to take this kid like because we could all agree Derek Brown was a first round draft pick. So if they're spending all this time with Noah. That automatically made me think they think this kid's a first-round draft pick if they're ignoring Derrick Brown because Derrick Brown was a bigger need. We had just signed Byron. Yeah. I, and we I, had I to mean, need him. You know what I mean? I, mean, I just put it together. But. Bottom line, he shouldn't be on the team if you look at it. I, I think we need to go you know sign what his name is, eh? No way in activity, bro, because that's <laughs> what it is. Well, I think we need to sign a corner. Um, I do like Joe Hayden. I, I think that would be a good pick at this point for, I mean, a good signing at this point. you see point. what Rosenhouse said, though? Yeah. No, I, I saw the video when he said that he came close to becoming a dolphin, and and, that, he, and the worst he would be, he basically he will not go any lower than CB three. Yeah, and, and I and I don't I, and look, you know that's to it. So X and Byron are your guys. You have Needham, and I and I like Keon Carlson a lot. Uh, I so think he's, I. I think he's a good football player. But bro, I think I would. I think if you sign Joe Hayden, him and X would be your starting boundary guys on week one. I think Byron, they would just sit Byron. Tell he's a hundred. Well, I'm going to ask you something, and this isn't going to be popular, but if you can get Joe Hayden in here, right? Yeah, I'd, yeah. Would you move Nick Needham for a pick? No. No, I'm only they... getting Hayden for one year, and because but... he's 32, so I'm only getting him for one year. And Byron, I'm moving off of Needham. I am, I am keeping because look at what they're doing with Needham. Needham can play the boundaries. He's a free agent, though, right? Yeah, but I'm resigning him, and I'm going to explain to you why. Needham can play the boundary. He's good. He can play the slot, but haven't you noticed they've been using him a lot of free safety since last year? Yeah, I, I like against Byron the Bucks, Jones, man. Against the well, he's gone. Byron's gone though, bro. They only saved four point one million, bro. They already showed their hand, dude. They already yeah. they already showed what they're doing. But that this was the structured. Yeah, but he didn't do this clean. This whole the cleanup scope. The whole yeah, cleanup move that he did on his leg was because he knew they were trying to move him, bro. The move was they were going to get off him and get go to J.C. Jackson. There's a reason why we still have $20 million in cap space. People haven't thought about that. Why do we have $21 million in cap space? Because that would have been allocated to J.C. Jackson, bro. Yeah. That's what messed everything up. People don't see what they were trying to do, man. So yeah, well, it's gonna be interesting because I, I think I think corner is gonna be one of their biggest needs next offseason. And Byron's gonna be 30 next year, isn't he? Yeah, and, and what's X gonna be? 29. Yeah, he's 28 right now. They're gonna need corners. Well, yeah, that's bro. Well, who did I want? You know who I wanted. I wanted Keely Ringo next year. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen now because of Steven oh, Ross. Yeah, that's why I wanted those two picks so we could move up and get, go get them. You know what I mean? Dude, we got we gotta pray for the 49ers to fall on their face. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I don't know. 
But oh uh, man, well, we got another preseason game coming up. The sky will be falling. Going practices too as well. I'm gonna sell you this. I'm gonna I'll say this first on this show before I say it on Inside the NFL tomorrow night, Monday night, um, because we're recording this on Sunday. I'm really intrigued by this week, and I'm gonna tell you why, Neil. This will be our final little topic before we get out of here. If J- if Jalen Hurts is practicing and Jalen Hurts is in because I was told this is gonna be our offense's dress rehearsal. That's why mm-hmm. they held Tyreek out. You know, we will get the dress rehearsal next week. Um, if Jalen Hurts is playing, Neil, you don't think that dog's going to come out of Tua, enjoy practices, and and during the preseason game, even if this is a preseason game, and you know what I'm talking about, the same dog that came out when he didn't want to get upstaged by Kyler. You know what I mean? I, I think with Jalen Hurts, the same dog that's come out and why he's 2-0 against Mac Jones. I I think I think he's not going in joint practice and preseason. He's not wanting to get outperformed by Jalen Hurts. And and if if I if he comes out flat, I'm going to be very concerned off the uh, you know because those are the type of things I put stock in because I feel like this the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts the and when we saw him you know in the second practice he shredded the box okay so. These are the type of practices and games that I think he gets up for and circles on the calendar, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny you just mentioned that car, that Cardinals game, and that to me was like, poof. I, I, that's where I was at my peak of this turnaround. I really was, but you know, I, I, I'm with you, man. It, it, it does mean something to him, I think. And I mean, you know, I, I think the Eagles are going to be a good test. There, I, yeah. I, I, I think the Eagles. So, little spoiler for me, I have the Eagles winning their division this year uh, over Dallas. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be a good football team, and I think this is going to be a really good week of practice, a good dress rehearsal for the Dolphins. And I, you know, like this is the this is the week where we want to come out, and you know, and I kind of started the show by saying, you know, I don't really care about the preseason. Well, if Waddle and Hill are out there, I care a little bit, and, and I want to see a glimpse without tipping our hand of what we can do, and because I because I know this, you know, we both know this. For whatever reason, if it doesn't pan out this year with Tua, there's going to be one. There's quarterbacks are going to want to come here because of what we have to throw to. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm Will Levis and I'm getting drafted, like, get me to the Miami, right? But, but see, I, I think what's going to be interesting this year is because I believe in the Tua Tungavaloa revenge tour. I, I think he'll never. So, my honest opinion, man, is I don't think he'll ever be the generational talent that I once thought he will. And that's okay. You can win with guys that aren't. I think he's going to be a really efficient player that's going to continue to blossom and head in the right direction. And I think you're going to see a guy, he might not have the stats and the accolades that a Drew Brees has, but I think you're going to see a similar type of player. And we've said that since the draft, since we've got him, the left-handed Drew Brees and all that stuff, right? We're going to really get to see it this week, I think, a little bit um, because he looks so damn comfortable when he's throwing to Waddle and Hill. It's a whole different type of player. There's an energy. I think those guys like kind of feed off of each other's enthusiasm. Tyreek Hill, man, he makes you better because he doesn't allow you to take plays off, even in practice. Tyreek Hill, like, can, can you agree with me on this? Like, I don't know if I've ever seen an acquisition the Dolphins made that has just been so perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, just like, to this point. I, I, yeah, I mean, and like, you know, he's saying all the right things. He's taken to his back. He's taken Waddle under his way. I mean, there's just such a special chemistry there. I mean, and look, whether they win or lose this game, it doesn't matter. What matters is if we go out there and see a to see Tua hit a big, you know, a big throw to Waddle or a big throw to Hill. I mean, defenses are going to have to be afraid of that right and, and i go back to the baltimore game and when Tua came in right and he had that big throw to waddle and i go back to what marlon humphrey and i have marlon humphrey is like my sixth seventh best corner in football and waddle so, just murdered him and he said that and he said that waddle's going to be a top 10 play uh, receiver in football yeah, or whatever it was i think he and, already is but like just think about this you got a receiver who's actually probably better than him <laughs> like I, I like I like or or is better than him right now. You know. What oh, I yeah. Mean? Well, yeah. I think I think I think Waddle would be like ten or on the cusp of ten, while Tyreek is like top two. Him and Devontae Adams. 
Yeah, I, it, I it's the best receiving core in football, man. Um, it really is, and it's, especially if Eric is a comma comes on like we think he might when he gets chances. Well, and, and he's going to be. I think he's going to get a lot of chances in the red zone, man, because yep, he is a physical, physical dude. I I, I think he's going to catch five touchdowns as a rookie. Um, and, and can I say this too? Because I don't know how far back you watched his Texas Tech tape, so I don't know if you noticed this, but if you watch going back to when his rookie to when, you know, right before he left there, obviously. He got better. Like his ability at high pointing the football was not where it is now when he first got to Texas Tech. Like that's the one thing for a guy his size, you would automatically put on the tape and think he's going to be good at it right away. Right. He got better at it every, every year, man. And honestly, you know, people want to be out here and be like, oh, you know, Skyler QB1. I think a more realistic thing, if you want to go out there and put a Siri out there, is Eric Izakama going to become the guy we all wanted DDP to? Well, Whoa! There, well, because what you just brought up in the red zone—that's one area we wanted a lot more from DVP in his career in the red zone. Yeah, DV, DVP was a highlight reel catch, but he was inconsistent and he couldn't stay healthy. And yeah. is a comma, even though he's in the blazer, offers you more after the catch than DVP. Well, does. I was just going to say. I mean, he was never a physical player. Like Devontae Parker is not physical. Um, and yeah, for, but the, but that's the downside for his size. You would you you. You and for the fact he's not a blazer, that's what you need him to be, right? But ever since that ankle injury, um, coming out of Louisville, you know, he, you know he's a little soft, bro. Right? Well, I, I'll, I'll say this, man good game from Easy. Um, it, it, it's getting excited. I think we're after this preseason game, we're going to really be able to digest this team and see what the 53 man roster looks like. I do want to give a shout out to Chan and Tyndall who showed me some good trigger uh, in the la- in a few plays this week. I was excited to see that. Uh, Duke Riley showed awesome pursuit. Raekwon Davis, Zach Seiler, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Agba. Um, how about Porter Gustin? I, I, he's I think I think Porter. What Gustin. about Ben Stilley and Benito Jones, bro? Ben Still, uh, Benito Jones. I I this defensive line. Is going to be awesome. You see that um, pushback from Jenkins against the Raiders, where he just John Jenkins. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, yeah, and so you're talking about these dark horses. I, Even I, Cameron Good, Cameron Goods looked better than what he looked on his Cal tape. Like with more responsibilities, he looks more complete than he did. I'm not saying he's complete, but he looks much more than a guy who could just offer you a pass rush right now. I saw him set the edge a few times. Like Cameron Goods even looking decent. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I, I really like. I haven't sat down and did my 53 man yet, but I'll say this Porter Gustin and Ben still, I would have on the roster today. I, I think they've both earned it. Um, you got to think that Melvin Ingram is going to be back. You know, exa- I mean, I, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if this team can afford to carry four running backs. I, I think because I, you can't let these guys that have that potential, like Ben still, like it, it's an easy, lazy comparison. But it kind of reminds me of the Zach Seiler thing a little bit, right? Like a guy that, you know, came in unheralded, you know, he, Seiler was released from Baltimore. We claimed him off waivers. I mean, like, you know, like Ben still has looked awesome. Um, that defensive line has looked amazing. Uh, John Jenkins. I mean, like when we all, when we all, we all kind of called when they cut Adam Butler. Right. But like, they don't need him, <laughs> Right. Like they don't need him at this point. Uh, they're going to kick you. You said it earlier. They're going to go heavy on linebacker. I think they're going to, I mean, Van Ginkle, Phillips, Melvin Ingram. I mean, I think Ben, uh, Brennan Scarlett versus Cameron good is going to be an interesting battle for the final 53. I mean, again, I side with the young player who has upside. I'm with you. I, I think that's the route you take, but it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, this defense, I, and it's kind of what puzzling why I, I was a kind of a, a alarmed a little bit that like some of these backups, have been able to move the ball so easily against us. But I think a lot of that's caused with the depth in our secondary. And luckily when we line up on Sundays, there's X Byron Jones and Needham out there. So I'm, I'm glad that Needham just had a dislocated finger and he, you know, it's nothing that's going to keep him out. It looked like that when they were, when they're attending to him, it looked like they're trying to pop it back into place. Right. So, you know, and that, I, I don't know if you've ever done that, man. I've done that twice. It's freaking awful. Um, it's nuts. Um, but no, I'm excited, man. I, I, I think that, you know, I'm ready for live football. I'm sure you are as well. Um, you know, but yeah, man, I, I just hope that it's a fun season for all of us. And we don't, I, I just, man, I miss the community being what it is. Like we have with some of the, you know, some of the guys that we talk to a lot, right. Reason like the good guys that we get along with, you know, we don't always agree. And, you know, reason that you and I don't always agree and it's okay. 
right? It's okay. We don't have to watch football from the same lens. That's what makes it fun. But like, man, I, I am not, you know, I, I, I'm, I am not this season going to go on there and criticize any player, namely the quarterback. Cause I, I, I want that same energy to be there when he makes plays and it hasn't been. So, you know, like I'm excited, man. Um, you know, we'll get into it as, as it gets along here, but I mean, I think this team has a lot of upside. I still think they're going to be a dangerous team. I, I think they've been really good at finding talent, whether it's late in the draft, undrafted free agents. And I just hope some of that can start trickling over to the offensive line. Yeah, for sure. But no, man, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Another, you know, hey, what do we got? Is it September? What's the first? The game is the September 12th, right? Is that the first game? 11th. 11th. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're we're right there, man. I mean, we're less than a month away. Let, let's go. Let's get it, baby. All right, man. Um, we're gonna get out of here. Um, always a good time, Neil. Uh, always a good conversation. Um, Buy those Javon Holland jerseys, man. That guy's gonna be the next freaking all pro safety. He's gonna be a stud. Bro, the problem is, you know, wait for the vapor. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Hey, I, we were talking about it before. It's they got. I mean, we have Tyree Kill on our team, and he doesn't have a vapor jersey. And for who those who don't know, what we're talking about. You know, you can get the crappy printed. I just ordered the crappy printed Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland jerseys. Um, but you know, you wash them in the, and you put them in the dryer, and sometimes the uh, numbers melt and all that good stuff. You know, the vapors are the nice ones. Um, but all we got is the two, and, and I have both of them. The two is I have it in the throwback, and I have it in the white throwback. Um, but Man, we need some more of them out there. I don't know why they're 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 holding out on us and not putting that Javon Holland out there. But, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm shocked that Hill isn't out there or Waddle or Waddle. Or Waddle. I'm shocked. Or X. Or X. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. Um, it, honestly, but, because you look at other team sites and like, you know, when Hill came here, the Chiefs had vapors of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Right. So, anyways, all right, we're gonna get out of here. I appreciate you as always, Neil. Appreciate y'all for listening. Everyone, fins up all day, every day. And we will see y'all next week when we dive back in fin too deep.